Welcome to Life Church Bath, and thank you for choosing this message. If you'd like to learn and hear more about who we are and what we get up to, please go to our website at lifechurchbath.com. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I think Matt and Megan are here. Thank you guys for sharing. I'm not sure that Beth and Tom are, but I think it's so important that we together as a family share our vulnerabilities with each other. So just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for sharing and being vulnerable and creating a space that we can step into as well if we've experienced that. So I would encourage you to go and speak to them if anything of that touched you. And we'll also have prayer and ministry down the front after the service. So do not leave if any of these topics or issues um, around Mother's Day, you know, create some feelings in your heart that you're just like, I need Jesus. Come and we would love, love to pray for you. Um, I got a few jokes to uh, shift gears, okay? <laughs> uh, I had quite, I quite like a good laugh and I thought what better way to start a sermon than to tell a few jokes. You can decide whether they're funny or not, right? Okay, son said, Dad, do you know the difference between a pack of cookies and a pack of elephants? No, said the dad. Well, then it's a good thing mum does the grocery shopping. But um, I told my wife she was drawing her eyebrows on too high. She looked surprised. <laughs> I quite like that one. <laughs> and the Lord said unto John, come forth and you will receive eternal life. But John came fifth and won a toaster. <laughs> I, I, I did get lost in the world of jokes while I was sermon prepping. <laughs> um, but I want to share with you a word today that the Lord has put on my heart. And it ties into Mother's Day, but it's also much broader than that. It touches each one of us. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says... Start children off the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Whether you have had natural children or not, we are all people of influence in someone else's life. We all have influence in some way over at least one person, and probably many. We are called to train children up in the way that they should go. And I think the key thing about this verse is that it's quite individual. It's whichever way the Lord has designed for that child to go, then we need to disciple them into that way. We are individuals, and the Lord doesn't have one plan to fix all with us. It's like, actually, there's a, there's a calling and a destiny on your individual life that you need to um, ask the Lord for, and he will show you there's an individualness that as we are guiding people through, as we are within our sphere of influence, we can speak into that. Intentionally, for all of us to really step out and train and disciple the next generation forward. For them to go further than we have. And everyone in this room, mothers, fathers, spiritual whether you have friends or colleagues, it is our mandate to do that, to train up the next generation. And I want to talk about this morning, our lives being intentional to God's purpose, to live with purpose, to live on purpose, 
and to live with God intentionally. So my question to myself as I was writing this preach, and now to you, because you are involved in this as well now, do we live intentionally to God? Do we choose to partner with God every day, and even every hour, and even every minute, and even every second? Do we choose to intentionally partner with God? So that's my question as I'm going through this message. That's what I'd love you to ponder on, to ask the Lord, am I intentionally living on purpose with you, God? Am I not letting anything pass me by? Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That first word in that proverb, trust. Do I trust the Lord with everything? Trust keeps a relationship together. Trust says, I know that you've got my back. Trust says, I'm going to place in your hands my most prized things, and I know you're not going to hurt them. Trust says, I know that you are for me. And if as I'm saying that, there's a moment that you're like, I don't know if I trust God in this area. Then sit with that. Ask him, why? Because the Lord wants to fully heal and restore us so that we can wholeheartedly trust him with every single thing that is in our heart. Every single thing that is precious to us so that he can lead us and he can guide us. The second bit in this proverb is lean not on your own understanding. That's, I think, I was thinking about this and mulling it over, when have I lent on my own understanding and not God's? And this is kind of a silly one, but on my journey of learning how to dehydrate food, it's kind of like a little secret passion of mine. So essentially, if you don't know, dehydrating is when you put it in this little box and it heats up very um, slowly, takes all of the moisture out of it. So then you can can it or jar it and use it later. So it's a way of like preserving food. So I have this dehydrator at home and I've made, I've made some good things with it, but I've also made some mistakes with it. So this one time I had this cabbage in, the, in my fridge and I thought, I do you know what, I'm not going to use it. It's going a little bit like wilty. So I'm going to chop it up. I'm going to put it in the dehydrator dehydrate it and then I can use it in like a soup you know in the winter months and I can put it back in my soup and it will rehydrate and be great for us I'm not wasting food this is gonna be perfect so I pop it all in the dehydrator I think it's on a Sunday we go to church we come back from church we open the door and I kid you not the whole house smells of farts Like the worst cabbage farts you know the ones the cabbage farts that you have like smell and you're like, that is offensive. But I'm talking not just a moment here that I can step away from and smell fresh air. My whole house smelt of farts. And hey, if I'd have committed that to the Lord, maybe, just maybe he would have said, don't do it, Ruth, or do it in a well-ventilated area. (laughs) And now I know that from next time. 
But, you know, this is probably a silly example, but it's, that's where I knew that was my understanding. This is what I'm going to do. This is what it's going to produce. But I actually didn't realize it would create the worst smell in the world. So now I know dehydrate outside or with an air vent if you're going to do cabbage. You can take that tip for free. Another thing, this week, for some reason, our AA membership has come up. And like, I think we got something through the post, and I thought, you know what? I think we need to upgrade our AA membership. Um, it was, it's like roadside fix it, but if you can't, if they can't fix it, then they won't tow you anywhere. And I was like, we need to upgrade to the best, so that you would be towed home or taken to like the garage, your destination. And all week I've been thinking, I need to do this. I need to do this, and it's been out, and I've had it on my notice board, and I haven't thought about it like all year. But all week, I've had the nudges. And yesterday, Jonathan drove to Wolverhampton to watch Wolverhampton and Leeds. He'll be very happy that I'm talking about football on stage. <laughs> um, and he broke down on the way home. And he is still in Wolverhampton. <laughs> because I didn't upgrade the AA. I didn't listen to those nudges. He's still in Wolverhampton trying to get the car fixed. The AA man... It has been amazing, but I'm like, oh my goodness, if I'd have listened to that nudge of the Holy Spirit and that like seemingly insignificant prod, actually to have the confidence to say, do you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this because it's like a reoccurring thought within my mind and say, I'm going to commit this to you, God, I'm going to submit this to you and I'm going to do it. He would be here right now and he is actually, <laughs> he is still in Wolverhampton, but the grace of God and the goodness of God is that the AA man literally spent hours with him yesterday. They drove to get apart. They came back. He tried to fix it on the roadside. They couldn't do that. He ended up staying at a friend's house. And then the AA man's given Jonathan his personal number to fix his car today. So that's amazing. And then also my mum lent me the car yesterday because I knew I wasn't going to have a car. But... My dad said, oh, it was cheaper to put me on the insurance until November. So today I still have my mom's car, even though we are without a car. And I just see the goodness of God over it, even though it wasn't maybe the straightest path that could have happened. And if I had listened to that little voice, that little nudge, actually, it would have been a straighter path, even though God's hand has still been on it. The third part in this proverb, in all my ways, submit to him. What does that look like? How much control do I like to have, do you like to have over your life? There's a surrendering that we've got to have, submitting everything to the Father. Kind of like when you submit your papers to a teacher. You're like, it's out of my hands and into your hands. And that's a scary moment when you hand that over. I did A-level health and social care, and it was mainly coursework. And I had this like direct correspondence with the teacher where I would hand my coursework into her, she would mark it, give me all the red things or the green markers, hand it back to me, and I would have an opportunity to improve it. I'd have an opportunity to like get to the next level. And I kind of see that that's how God works with us. We submit it over to him, but it's not fully gone. 
there's like a, a relationship there, a trust there, that within our plans, within the desires of our heart, as we submit this to God, he actually can speak into it, we can change it and tweak it, and then we could submit it back to him. And it's like this beautiful journey, this dance. That is what the Lord is asking us to do. It's not asking us to go hands off and just go, okay, God, you've got it. There is a relationship and a trust with him that I'm asking you, do you have and do you desire for that? Because the Lord wants to do that with you in every situation within your life. And then the last bit, we hear the promise. And he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit everything to him. And he will make your path straight. Which way straight? I don't actually know. And every situation is different. When I was at dance school, I kind of thought, oh, this is the path for my life. I'm going to be a dancer and I'm going to go to London and get, get jobs. And I like almost got there. But within my church life and my um, faith with God, I was praying, God, I give everything to you. I give everything to you and I commit it to you. And if I am just at this dance school to speak into the lives of the people that are here and encourage the girls that are going through anorexia and bulimia and just be your joy and your light in this place, then that's okay. And I prayed that almost like separately to the desire of like, this is what I want to do, I want to dance. But actually I can see over the last few years that the Lord has taken me out of dance and more into ministry. But I so believe it's from that moment that I'm like, you pray those scary prayers of God, I commit it to you. Make my, do, do what you want with my life. These are my desires. And it hasn't always been easy, but you know that when you're in the will of God, there is peace there. Even if it feels scary, even if it feels like it might be going wrong, there's still this like undescribable peace, this peace that transcends understanding. And I can really see God moving in my life. And I'm sure that if you looked back at the places where you have really committed that moment, that conversation, that relationship, that job to the Father and asked him to speak in, given it to him and he's spoken in and given it to him and he's spoken in, you can see him weaving and working his way through your life, which doesn't look like a direct straight path, but it's the straight path for the Lord. It doesn't always look like the way I want to look like, the way I want it to look like. I like a good box. I'm like, no, this is it, God. This is how I'm going to be. God's like, we're not doing boxes. We're doing relationship. You are here to be in relationship with the people around you, to be intentional with them, to disciple them, to train them, to equip them, to speak into their life. You are here for the people around you. And yes, it is about what you do, but it's not all about what you do. It's about how, where the sphere that God has put you in and how can you speak into that sphere. Because every single one of you is individual and every single one of you has a place. You are not called to be the same. You are called to be different within the Lord. But allowing the Lord to guide your steps. And as we've heard over these last few weeks of studying Revelation, 
those letters, I mean, God is a jealous God. He is a zealous God after his people. He wants their full attention. He wants our full attention for us to live in the world, but not look like the world. And the way that we can do that is by committing and submitting every single thing to the Father, every day, every hour, every minute, submitting it to the Father so that we don't get caught up in the worldly issues, but we get caught up in the godly issues, in the Father's issues, and we walk that out. Not to be double-minded, not to be divided, not to be asleep, but to be alert to the enemy, but also to what God is doing. We are created to love him. We are created to love others. We are created to worship him just like we did this morning. He is worthy. He is worthy. And that is like the space that I desire to live my life in. Because I know that when I live my life there, no matter what happens, there is an indescribable peace that comes upon me. An inexcribable peace that carries me through the hard moments. That carries me through those moments where you feel a little bit wobbly, but it's God, but it's God that carries us. Proverbs 16.3 says, again, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Now, I know we all think different. Some of us are planners. Some of us think very much more relational. Some of us just like to think that's okay. And we don't always have a plan. But as we commit every single thing to the Lord, as we commit our thought life to the Lord, he will establish our plans. We, are, we will be then living on purpose with God. And in Proverbs 16:9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Living on purpose with the Lord. And I think this is, as I was preparing and thinking about this, I feel like the most scary bit is not to live on purpose with the Lord. Because we just find ourselves in this sort of gray area, this mundane, this follow the crowd kind of moment when we're not actively pursuing a relationship with the Father, when we're not actively committing and submitting our plans and our thoughts to the Father, we actually kind of like drift away and we don't realize it. And we're kind of in this gray area of life and of the world and we get caught up in social media and the news. But actually when I step over to know God, I'm going to commit myself. I'm going to commit my thoughts. I'm going to commit this to you. Tell me what you think about this plan, God. Tell me what you think about my job, God. Tell me what you think about this relationship, God. He can speak in and there is life and it is growing and it is cultivated and it's good. But when we're not in that relationship continually, we kind of just drift. And I feel like that's the scariest bit. Because I never want to drift. I never just want to be on this earth because we are here for a purpose. You are called for a purpose to speak into the lives of the people around you. Continually ask God, what should I say, God? What should I do today? What should I buy? Should I buy flowers for someone? What should I do in my work situation? God, how can I 
I don't know, do this family relationship. Life isn't easy, but Jesus never said it would be, but he said he would be with us. And the promise is that as we commit everything to him, the peace will come, that he will come and bring understanding and a path that is straight. A few months ago, I had this vision Um, I was spending time with the Lord and I had this vision of this huge, big sort of like pirate ship, trawler, sailor ship thing. And there's like waves crashing around it. And you know, you know, it's like from the movies. There's like crazy rain and there's waves and the ship is going up and down. And there's people on the boat, all the sailors, and they are each to their own stations. They're like holding ropes and like strapping down things and holding the sails. And it's kind of like this crazy moment. And I hear the captain saying, hold the line. He says, hold the line. And he's shouting above the wind and the storm and the, and the rain and the waves crashing. Hold the line to every single individual person on that boat. This is a life or death moment. And I hear the Lord saying to us today, hold the line. Wherever you are and in whatever sphere you are in, hold the line. Hold where you are. Hold what the Father has told you to do. Hold that plan in your heart and give it back to him. But hold the line. Do not let go. Do not let go. Because each sailor had his place, just like you. Each sailor had his moment on that boat that was, if I let go of this then the sail will completely flap this way and the boat will completely tip and there'll be a massive imbalance. I'm not a sailor, you can tell. But there is a moment that that sailor had his moment to do. And if this sailor doesn't strap down these crates, then all of their food will be gone for the rest of the voyage. Every single one of you has a charge from God to influence the sphere of people that are around you, to speak in and to speak God. Hold the line and do not get distracted. Hold the line and do not just kind of go into this gray area where we can just float about. But commit and submit everything to the Father and see what he has to say. Don't get lost in this fear, worry of what if it doesn't work out. No, the Lord promises that if you commit everything to me, I will make your path straight. And remember, that doesn't look like straight like I think it's going to look. But it comes with a peace that you know the Father is with me. The Father knows how to do this. I'm going to submit everything to him. You are called to change culture. to speak into culture. And the only way I believe we can do that is by allowing the Lord to lead us, to commit and submit everything. Psalm 34, verses four to 10. I think they'll come up behind me. I sought the Lord, and here's another promise. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears Those who look to him are radiant. So like, as we're spending time and committing to the Lord, we're radiant, we're in life. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him and he saved him out of all of his troubles. 
The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The Lord may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Imagine, and you probably do this, but waking up to the Father every day is like waking up to something that tastes so good every day, that gives you energy every day. And I've got a little illustration that um, I want to show you. I believe this is what it looks like waking up to the Father every day. Can you see what this is? <laughs> Imagine, you know those donkey things where they put the carrot in front of them, and if they don't have the carrot, they're like, oh, okay, I'm just walking. And then suddenly this carrot comes, they're like, oh, a carrot, this is amazing. And they're like wandering around. I feel like this is the same thing that as we wake up to the Father, we're like sleeping. We wake up, we're like, oh, that looks good. That looks tasty, and it's going to nourish my body as I spend time with the Father, and it's going to give me energy, and it's going to be there. And you know the best bit about it is that there's going to be a new one every morning. There's a new grace every morning. There's a new anointing every morning that will come. So if I eat this donut today, who wants the donut? <laughs> you can have it, Paul. It's yours. I can't eat it and speak at the same time. That would be gross. You can have that donut. But if he, Paul eats that donut, there's another one. I've got another one. That's for tomorrow. Who wants tomorrow's blessing? You can have it. It's yours. Come and get it. Come and get your donut. Have the Lord's blessing. There you go. <laughs> Enjoy. But there's this renewal that happens. There's an excitement that happens. There's, you know, the sugar rush that we get from a donut. The, like, endorphins that come from when it tastes so good. We're like, oh, this is great. Don't look too much into it because donuts aren't that healthy. So the, when you get further down the line, it's not a great illustration. But actually waking up to the Father, waking up to saying, I'm going to commit everything to you, Father. I'm going to ask you what I should do today. How much money should I have in my pocket today? Who should I speak to today? Give me divine encounters today. I want to be in your purpose. I want to affect and the sphere of influence that I have around me. I want to affect the people that are around me. And to do that, I have to be full of you. To do that, I have to know you. To do that, I have to commit everything to you. Because if I don't, I'm a closed book and he cannot speak in. There's not a two-way relationship there. There's not a trust there. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I kind of agree with that. There's stuff that comes up all the time. But seek first the kingdom of God. Hold the line. 
Hold the line in your life where God is calling you. Hold the line in your life where God is pulling you into those places where you feel like this is uncomfortable. But I know this is the Lord because I've committed and submitted everything to him. And I listen to him continuously. See, if I, like, I feel like it's God schooling me on my message. If I had listened to the nudges of that AA, like, thing, like, Jonathan would be here. Like, it would just be different. He would have come home last night, but I didn't. It's like, (laughs) I feel like God just schooled me. I'm like, I'm still learning. I am still in this place of God. I want to fully, fully hear your voice, and I want to act on it every single time that I hear. I really want to do that because that is the only way that people are going to be influenced around me by the Father. Well, not the only way. God can do it on his own. But he loves to have relationship with us. And we are here to partner with him. What has God given you to look after? What are you called to steward, where is your place of influence? Because that is living on purpose, is committing that to the Father every single day and asking him to speak into it. So I thought at the end, I'm kind of coming to the end, Andy, if you could come up and um, play. I would love us if you would if you want to, spend a moment with the Lord to kind of just like quieten the noise, quieten the weak, quieten our emotions and feelings and ask the Lord to speak to us. Am I living on purpose with you, God? Are there any areas in my life where I maybe haven't committed my plan, my thought, my relationship with this certain person, with you, because it's in those areas that the Lord is unable to speak in because we haven't given it over to him. But you'll find that as you give it over to him, that peace will come. You will know the next step. You may not know the end destination, but you'll know the next step. And I would love it if you would join me in taking a few minutes just to fix our eyes on Jesus and ask him those questions. Am I living on purpose and intentionally for you and with you, God? And where in my life have I maybe not committed or submitted my plans my thoughts, my job, and my relationship. Father, we, we turn to you again. Father, we hear your voice saying, Call the line, hold the line. Father, that you would speak to us individually right now. You would create a space where we can trust you, where we can commit everything to you.
And that, Father, we open our ears and our eyes to hear and see you today in a new way. We submit plans to you, thoughts to you, and ask for you to speak in.